Good evening, Blanchard Brothers. As you both are probably aware, the Secretary has invoked Ghost Protocol. This means there is no IMF backup. There is no team of support in the van. There is no Paula Wagner. And all you can do is use your best judgment, your training, and your wits to try and figure out how well Ethan and his team pull off this next mission. Good luck and Godspeed. This is, in fact, episode four, Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol, from 2011. This could technically be a retro review. Could be. We're, we're going to cross that territory, mm-hmm. uh, but we haven't yet. Nope. 2011. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and admit something up at the top. I didn't see this in the theater. Oh. Big mistake on my part. Uh-huh. Big mistake. Uh... I I was seeing some Marvel movie and I remember walking past this and hearing something and being like, Oh, that sounds neat. And like then a like theater a, that was it was the door was still open for some I reason. I gotcha. Okay. And I was like it was the it's You're like the that part. sounds like a good time. Well, they're talking but they're they're talking with the uh the arms dealer. So it's like, you know, back half, it's about to start a third act, whatever. And I'm like, Boy, that sure does sound interesting. And I look up like, oh yeah, that that Mission Impossible movie came out. Let me, I might. And like a week later, I checked it out, and I was like, oh okay. And apparently, not only did I check it out, but a ton of people checked it out because, as from the from jump, we can go ahead and say, adjusted for inflation, this is his best movie, money wise, that he's ever done. Well, I'm highest I, grossing of this series. Well, and up to this point. But, like, career-wise, I mean, Maverick yeah, rewrites yeah. the whole book. Right, yeah. I'm talking, like, for the Mission like, yes. franchise. This is the most successful one to date. Absolutely. Uh, and coming off of three, which did well, right. but, you know, you know, didn't didn't exactly go like, oh, my God, we're going to make a bunch more of these. Right. It was kind of like, all right. It was kind of a, you know, it's still a weird period for him. We'll, we'll get into... Uh, Right. career cruising uh, very shortly. Any other thoughts from the top? I just wanted to say I, I missed it and I can't believe I did. I do know this was, I believe, the summer that I went and stayed with Tim uh, in Florida. Mm-hmm. And I remember us watching it. Like, I think it had just hit Redbox probably right. like late summer. Uh, this is so, yeah. like, I, I sad to say this because this is like, it's a, it's a late 2011 release. This is like the twilight of, uh, of movie going because in my and this is just I'm gonna go off on a quick tangent. It's 2011. You have everything rolling with these different Marvel movies. We roll into 2012, and we get Avengers. And then later that summer we get The Dark Knight, and that fucking piece of shit John Holmes ruins movie theater. Dark Knight forever. Rises. Yeah. Sorry, Dark Dark Knight Rises. 
John Holmes ruins it for fucking everybody. And, you know, now every time that I'm in a theater and I see those warnings in my head, I'm like, they're there for a reason. It's unfortunate. But like you and I went to the Dark Knight Rises that night. Mm-hmm. Remember? It was like the, all the dudes dressed up and then like the one guy comes in and he's all buff and he actually looks like Bane. <laughs> and he came in with Catwoman. Yeah. And then they got into like a Toyota Camry or no, a Toyota Corolla and drove off. I thought that was the funniest thing. But like this is kind of towards that twenty Because I mean, you, you really don't, to me, you don't really have that kind of theater experience anymore. At least I don't. Unless it is like Halloween that we've done. Or something like, I know we did us and all that kind of stuff, but like, so this is kind of that tailor because it kind of, to me, it, it kind of revs up about like 2008 with the dark Knight and the Marvel stuff. And then like, at least for me, it's appointment stuff to go see these things. And that's how mission impossible kind of came in the fold. Had I not had that, like, I need to go to the theater to watch these Marvel movies. I probably wouldn't have had that inkling to say, well, yeah, I want to see this ghost, this ghost protocol. I want to see what this is all about. You know, I like the third one. Let's see what the fourth one's about. So coming into this, I mean, I don't necessarily have any like huge expectations, but I also know that like, I'm, I feel, I, I feel very safe in Tom's arms. Never said (laughs) it to a man before. Again, I don't, I don't know why I missed it at the time, but I did. And yeah, it was immediately like watching it for the first time. Like, oh my God. Like, yeah, they, they kind of. It kind of took it up a notch, like mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And again, this is the first time where it was like the "I'm doing this shit" factor mm-hmm. really comes to the fore. So, okay, let's get into the career cruising. Right. Okay. So we come off of MI three, like we said. It's a pretty, a reasonably successful rebound after the, you know, public the PR catastrophe. That was the War of the Worlds uh, right, press right. cycle. But there's still some weirdness. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of like, okay, what's he gonna what's he gonna do next? Do you remember a movie called Lions for Lambs? Yes. Did you see it? Yes. Why? Why did you see it? It was on somewhere <laughs> on a television set, and I was like, Oh, what's this? Oh, that's Tom Cruise. And then he wasn't there anymore, and I was like, Why am I still watching this? And I kept watching it. So Robert Redford. It's right? a Redford joint starring Redford, Meryl Streep. One of the soldiers Cruise. in it is a, is a big person now, if I'm not mistaken, I thought. Let's see who we got popping around here. Uh, Michael Pena. That, yeah. Andrew Garfield. The Both of them, yeah. Peter Berg's in there. Oh, Peter Berg. Uh, famed that guy, Kevin Dunn. Derek Luke, Antoine Fisher himself. Yep. Awesome. Always like to see Derek Luke. And then it kind of peters out from there. But uh, yeah, never saw it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a movie that I think is remembered as like, oh, what a huge bomb. Uh, I actually looked it up. It it did totally fine for mm-hmm. its budget. Uh, made it back worldwide because, you know, Redford's got a name, Meryl Streep. You know, some of these people travel internationally just because yeah. they're in it. And it's so, rare, it is a rare supporting role. Like, he hadn't done a supporting since, like, early on. Like, were, like taps? Like, that's yeah, a supporting this is role. Almo- outsiders? It's almost a little bit of, like, getting back to, like, early you know late 90s crews that i really like where yeah. he's we're still working with really interesting directors and stuff but and i i, I take it as just like a, oh it was it's redford that's probably what it was where it's like yeah i'll do a supporting thing for for a legend yeah and, and i'm working with another you know i'm working with two legends basically mm-hmm. 
If I, I was might get up, a nod for supporting. Who knows? Yeah, <gasps> and nobody remembers that movie, and it doesn't get talked about, and I've never seen it, and you know, I'm not exactly chomping at the bit to either. He follows it up with another supporting turn. Oh yeah, Tropic Thunder. Yes. How do you? I mean, I saw this twice in the theater because this was just like that was a summer when you were just. You were seeing pretty much everything, like multiple times. I felt like. Is it 2009? 2008. Yeah. Same year as Dark Knight. Yeah. Saying, like, uh, that's Pineapple Express as well. Like, probably saw Pineapple Express like two or three times in the theater. Tropic Thunder, Dark Knight, obviously, Iron Man. I don't know. I feel like that was a year. And 2007, too, where I was just like. Mm hmm. Again, that's not something I do a lot these days. Except I am going to see uh, Bo is Afraid for the second time in less than a week tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Very excited about that. Side note. We'll talk about it at some point. Okay. Whenever Gavin actually watches it. Uh, what, what, what is it again? It's the new Ari Aster with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, yeah, Bo yeah. is Afraid. Three-hour nightmare comedy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you'll see it like six months from now when it's streaming. Probably, I'm sure. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm no, just, talk no, I'm just about think, it. No, like, I'm thinking, do you like, remember? I'm, I, I I'm remember, trying to think of like what the theater landscape was at that point. Because no, I, I, I'm not talking about the theater landscape. I'm asking about: Do you remember when you saw Tropic Thunder? Did you feel like people were like, "Holy shit, that's Tom Cruise!" Like, really, like going for it? No, I because don't. I don't. I, I in don't, my head, people I keep saying it's like, uh, um, like uh, unrecognizable, and I'm like, for like five minutes, it's unrecognizable. And then you realize yeah, it's no, him. I, ne- I never bought into the, that side of it. If anything, I remember there being a bit of, like, somewhat of a backlash where it was like, this is a little tryhardy, right? Like, he's really going for it. He's trying to, like, I can be fun. I can be wild and over the top. And some people kind of just being like, what the fuck was that? And then other people being like, this is brilliant. Like, this is, oh, my God, this is the most fun he's ever been. Like, this is great. I, um, I remember thinking like, this is cool because like, I don't like, this is the kind of crazy I'll take. If you're not in character, I'm worried about you. But if you're in character, I'm like, oh, you're just doing a bit, man. You I, know? and I just keep thinking about Bill Hader being next to him and like a nutless monkey could do your job. Yes. Like, okay. I, so I've rewatched it once or twice, mm-hmm. not recently, but, uh, I do remember the first time being a little bit like that, those scenes being something where I was like. Okay, but it's like it's it's screaming so hard for you to like, but it's Tom Cruise. Like, do you get that? Like, that's that's what's so outrageous about this is not just like what the guy is saying. It's the fact that it's Tom Cruise and in makeup with the forearm hair and everything. Yeah, and I and as a result, I don't know. I had my I had my arms up at it in the theater, but when they get to the end of the movie and he does the dance, mm-hmm. the commit like that's when I was won over. That's when right. I was like, dude, you would never like ever see him do this shit. No. It like in any other context, but he feels like he has the freedom to. And it's, it's weirdly in retrospect. I'm like, dude, I kind of like, give me a weird, like heavy makeup character performance, dude. Like, just do it. Just be weird. Do a Wes Anderson movie, man. Yeah. Let's see what that would look like. I'm yeah. curious. I'm curious. No, because like I remember, I remember I recorded the uh, the phone message. He was, what kind? Of, I don't know. 
don't know what kind of Pan Pacific power play you're fucking you're you're fucking with here, but I will massacre you. Like I recorded that as my voicemail, my answer <laughs> machine. I remember mom being like, "No, you need to take that off." And be like, "Whoa, mom, it's I'm an adult now. Like I've graduated That's high school. My choice, my choice." And then of course I was like, "Um, if she's if she doesn't like it, I should probably take it off." And I took it off. <laughs> but like, yeah, and then like he even he he does it live at like either the movie awards or the VMAs or something. He does a yeah. dance sequence. Is it the movie awards later that I year? I think so. Yeah. Like I mean he on a previous presenting. episode we uh we uh revisited the press tour for MI three on uh what uh B E T it was B E T but what was the show? Was it one oh six in part? I think it was one oh six yeah. in part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um yes, go look up that clip if you've never seen it. Okay, interesting one after this, because I remember really liking it at the time. It hasn't aged well because it is directed by a monster, but uh, Valkyrie. Yeah. I think I saw, like, the back half of it. I don't remember the, the build-up. That's kind of like, I know you the know. story. I know the story. I get it. I they mean, tried. They failed. They all got slaughtered. And then, uh, and then Tarantino made the better version of this movie. Right. A couple, yes. Like a year later? Mm-hmm. Tarantino made the actual like what that's what happened. Yes, <laughs> Valkyrie's like the what they story. what they tell you in the in the history books, but like Inglorious Bastards is like what actually happened. If you ask any and soldier all, on the ground, all tell I you remember that's really is people like at the time having the complaint of like, oh well, they they do the like oh they're speaking German and then it just turns into British like and now you're just like it's just a bunch of British actors and everybody's just kind of doing an accent. Except mm-hmm. for Tom Cruise, I think. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. But as if that was a, like a criticism where I'm like, oh, the thing that movies have been doing like since they were invented? Like, right. what, the, what are we talking about here? But well, I feel like this are... is starting to get into the mode of like people are beginning to push for more authenticity where that's a selling point of like, oh, well, you hired all. And that's, uh, again, that's that's one of the strengths of Inglorious Bastards. I hired real Germans. Yeah. I hired good German actors to I play the English, Germans. I played Englishmen to play Englishmen. Dude. Well, old boy, this is going to be the end. Hope you don't mind if I go out speaking to kings. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's like so, people yeah, who complain great, about that. It's great, like, are you mad at Kevin whatever. Costner? Anyways, like great cast. Mo- yeah, movie I will never rewatch. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Valkyrie's a thing he made. I think it did well. Uh, and Night and Day, a movie I have a lot of time for that I know nobody gives a shit about. Uh, it's considered a, you know, considered a failure. Really? I believe so. Unless it did well internationally. Who but, knows? Uh, definitely not a, uh, a critical darling by any means. But, uh, you know, I, I got a soft spot for Cameron Diaz and yeah. pretty much anything. And, uh, oh yeah, it saved its ass internationally. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it did pretty much tank stateside didn't even manage to make back its budget but uh and yeah. when, what year is that night and day is 2010 saw that one in the theater but you got uh peter sarsgaard in a supporting role which i'm always happy to see viola davis paul dano mm-hmm. and it's started by james mangold you know yeah logan ford versus ferrari and the uh forthcoming dial of destiny walk the line i mean yeah hello there's that too yeah, so that that's the career cruising. He's uh he's in okay shape, you know. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, going back to the well, so to speak. And I, I'm it's wondering. Time, it's time to go back to the franchise. I'm it's wondering. time to go back to Old Faithful. Is there any juice there? Turns yeah. out, a lot of juice. Mm-hmm. A lot of juice. Uh, even though, I, I don't know. I don't know if this is a studio decision. I don't know if this is him. I've never gotten the full download. You know, I'm not I'm not an insider here. Mm-hmm. I'm an outsider speculating. Right. I feel like the main I mean the main thing we got to talk about outside of the categories is is the Jeremy Renner of it all. Yeah. In this movie. Mhm. What do you, what do you think happened there? Cuz it literally feels like they kind of like half committed to it or they were like this is the plan. We're going to like elegantly hand it over to him. He's going to take over. Tom, you know, you'll be the elder statesman. Maybe you check in. Maybe you're the director. Maybe you're the, uh, you know, the Tom Wilkinson. Yeah. <laughs> the Alec Baldwin. The uh, Lawrence Henry Yes. Dude, I can. I am so excited to see Henry you Zerny. Think he's when like he popped the most up active. In, when he popped most... up in Scream 6, I was like... Dude, I, I like I'm salivating for Dead Reckoning. Do you want another? Do you want a, I'm, do you I'm want dying little, for it, dude. Do you want a little another little Scream Six nugget of trivia? Lay it on me. To lay it on with this movie, sure. There's a certain actor in Scream Six who played cello for the soundtrack for this movie. Okay. The question is: Is it Dylan McDermott or is or it Dermot Mulroney? Yes. <laughs> He, while being an actor, also is like a classically trained cellist. And You're telling play, me Dermot Mulroney play plays the cello on the soundtrack of this movie. What an interesting dude! And apparently, him and Fincher are like super tight buds and hang out all the time. He seems like the coolest dude. I feel like I would like to be him. Yeah, not Dylan McDermott. Like Dylan McDermott <laughs> knows he's good looking. Dermot Mulroney's just like I'm here. People think I'm attractive. I got the weird like Tom Berger slash Treat Williams thing going on with my face now. I'm that other guy. I'm the other, other young gun that you forget about. Like, you know, here I am. Tom Berenger. You, Tom Berger. I was like, who the Berenger, fuck are you sorry. talking about? I was Tom like, who's Berenger, Tom I'm Berger? Sorry. sorry. I've been looking at people's names all day long at work. It's, I lost. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, do so, you think that was a studio decision? Was no, that I like, think, was I that think him? The, like, I what, think what the, the plan hell happened was, there? okay, you gotta Speculate. Here's the deal. Blindly speculate. Blindly speculate. They made this movie. He was going out for Abrams' movie that he had to drop out of, which is why Brad Bird directed this. Super 8. You mean Renner. Yeah, Renner. he was supposed yeah. to play the dad, which right. was eventually played by Coach Taylor. Oh, God, dude. I thought we, if we could go back and watch every Kyle Chandler movie right now, I would. I love that dude. Anyway, um, especially like Bloodline. Never seen it. You should watch it. Um, I was going to say... You you've never to, seen you've you never wanna, seen Bloodline. You want to do an episode by episode recap of Bloodline? You've uh, never seen it, have you? How, how many years later? If, if you've never no, seen I've it, we never should do seen it. it. And no, we should not do that. It's got your. It's got Ben. What's his face in it that you like? He's so good. Ben Mendelsohn. Yes. Yeah. Um. Anyway, they set this up for Renner to be in here with him. All right. And by all intents and purposes, that's what's kind of maybe going to happen, but it stated they brought him in here to eventually says eventually in the trivia that I read eventually become a recurring part and or take over the franchise. What happens is a year later he moves what? up from being just a dude that was in Thor to being a full on Avenger. 
And that changes the trajectory of what he's going to do. I was going to say, now we must pause for running Renner. Okay. So, just to refresh your memory, a dude who, like, really, you know, kind of hit hit the jackpot, so to speak, late in life, okay? Mm -hmm. I remember seeing, of course, as Lieutenant Brian Gamble in a little movie called SWAT. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And of we course, remember seeing him in the trailer Dom, from uh, National Lampoon Senior Trip. Of course, he never made lead. that connection until many years later. Yeah. And then he kicks ass in 28 weeks later. Yeah. We love him in that. So I'm, he's still on my radar. Yeah. Supporting an assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. But then, so he's, he's on my radar. I'm rooting for this guy. Mm-hmm. And then The Hurt Locker happens. A movie that I see in theaters and like maybe 15 other people do. Mm-hmm. Wins Best Picture. Yeah. Still the lowest grossing Best Picture winner. Of all time. I guess Coda maybe outdoes that, but I don't know how that works. Because it was an Apple movie. I don't even know that it got much of a theatrical run. <coughs> Excuse me. I think it's just something people have to say to make fun but of. But like I think to, maybe to relative to budget, Bigelow. maybe relative to budget, it still is Hurt Locker. They say it to take Catherine Bigelow down a peg or two because they're mad that she's she won for that best, best picture. They I can't mean, appreciate rightfully put, so. Res- they can't put respect on her name. Rightfully so. And then. Well, lest we forget, the town. <laughs> the town. Oh, good. are you fucking kidding me? That's his best performance ever. I, t- I don't t- think it's me- ever gotten better than that. I do. I love him in Hurt Locker. That's yeah. really, I mean, I feel like that's all the things that he does well, which is why, again, I think it's kind of always been an odd fit to me that they try and put him into this franchise and then the Bourne franchise. They want him in this like espionage action mode. What's so interesting about Hurt Locker is like it's not a gung ho like right. rah rah like shoot him up dude. That's not the energy. It's a completely different like mm-hmm. madman energy. Mm-hmm. A very like intense focused one that's not about big bombastic performance. It's very like smoldering. It's very like internal. Um and then that's where I feel like the town character, he's able to like bottle that into like a really like mm-hmm. angry and scary individual. And he's never, I, I agree. I'm like, I don't think he's ever been better than that. Yeah. Um, and just uh, again, one of those where it's like, yeah, come in and absolutely crush this. So that's what he's coming off of is basically a best supporting actor nomination for Hurt Locker, which he doesn't win. And I believe, did he get nominated for the town? If not, he should have. I mean, obviously, but I, I feel like he did get the supporting nod. Yeah. If not, it was one of those performances that year. Yes. Yeah. He did get the nomination. So he's two-time Academy Award nominee yeah. at this point. Yeah. So it may, I mean, it is weird because, there's again, there's not that huge of an age difference. Right. Where it's like... If the if the move here is like oh we need to bring in a younger guy because Tom you're not going to be able to do this forever, except for five more movies after or three more movies after this yeah, well technically five if we're going to have the, I mean, the last it, one be it's two it's Jimmy Fallon and Almost Famous yeah. if you think Mick Jagger's going to be up there shaking his hips <laughs> at age sixty five you are sorely mistaken my friend right yeah okay um I mean like okay. If you, you're telling me all that background, again, 
Abrams told him straight up, Cruz and, and Brad Bird are looking at you because they, they, they think you'd be good for this. He also would have been terrible in Super 8, by Probably, the way. Probably, yeah. That, that's not a good role for him. Right. The whole part, like, the, the great thing about the Hurt Locker character is when he comes home and he doesn't know how to be like a normal person. Right, yeah. I'm like, I don't want to see him as like the the stern father. No, no. No. Don't give me that. The detached dad. No. I've had that's a whole, Coach Taylor all day. Yeah, like, I've let had him a whole that, four like seasons Coach Taylor, Taylor do doing this. Like, <laughs> yes. of course. Yeah. Okay. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Um, But yeah, so like they they do for that. And to be fair, if you want to get technical, he and Simon Pegg are basically in it from here on out. I don't know. I mean, you know, it's, I don't know if they ever wanted to, I mean, again, the trivia I read said that it was like eventually to take over it. I think maybe in the interim with Marvel taking off, Bourne, being so bad that they had to ask Matt Damon to come back after they tried to put Jeremy Renner in it. And that, and that didn't even work. It's almost like it soured the whole franchise. Right. Which I mean, those are cool, but like, I've just never, I've never, I never clicked with me. Two and three. I've seen them all. Pretty incredible. Two is the best. Yeah. Two is the best with with all of them said and done. Two is the best. It never clicked for me. Like, like, okay. That type of thing. Where Born is, like, I feel like it works should, in a John Wick because there's a crazy world that he lives in where this is I just agree. like everyone knows you that dude. Rewatch two and look at it as like green grass, like trying to trying to do Michael Mann, okay. but like international Michael Mann. Um, okay, it's because it's very like two is so like just. It's got. It just has movement because it starts like at a at an eleven, mm-hmm. and there's just instant stakes essentially, and it has a very like straight through line plot mm-hmm. of the thing he's trying to accomplish, um, and it's just it's the strongest and it's it's one of those weirdly too where it gets to the end and it's like it's the most emotionally like charged the series ever gets. It's the best one by mm-hmm. far, but yeah. If you're going to watch one again, I, go back to two. Supremacy. Supremacy Ultimatum. And yes. it's just Jason Bourne. Is the fourth one. With Matt Damon. Which, which is technically the fifth one. Yes. Is the Bourne Legacy? Legacy. With Jamie Renner? Yes. Yeah. And I guess maybe that one was the whole, like, anybody can be Jason Bourne. He's a James Bond code name kind of thing. Yeah. I guess that's what they're doing. But yeah. No, and like, again. If they, if they ever resurrect that, we can... Uh, uh, the, I was trying to come up with a title. The Born Resurrection. I yeah, whatever they're gonna call it. But I'm saying like w- we would do the same thing. Yeah, we the, would do a road to reckoning for, yeah, for the resurrection the born, of the Born Revelation. I don't know. And it's us being like, oh my god, these are. I don't know okay. how many books there are. Me neither. The Ludlum novels. <laughs> We're getting way off course. Do uh, you want to lay down? Oh, sorry. So Renner, it just I don't know. It's a weird thing to think about. Uh, yeah. Because it it feels like a false start, but at the same time, when you rewatch this, it's like, oh he's no, not he's overstepping. Just, he's there. Well, yeah, and you're just like, no, he just more feels like an addition to the team. I just Which, remember watching it at the time because that was all the the narrative around it was just like right. oh he's he's the new guy. They're which gonna, which we can get into we can get into what that was because I think the movie itself is doing two things. It's hearkening back to the series. More than ever, but it is also the movie and the production of it are mirrored almost beautifully in the plot of the movie itself. To me, 
the way I look at it. We can get there. Okay. Plot well, time. Yes. Yes. I say that, and then okay. you do it. Okay. Fucking get it right, dude. Okay. Hey, brother. Why don't you hit us with a little plot time? Sure thing, bro. So, uh... Excuse me. I don't know why we call call it that on this. This is our mission briefing. Yeah. Today's briefing follows. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so we have... I'm not, I don't want to go beat by beat. Essentially, I will say... I'll interject from the peanut gallery. One of the things I love about this movie... Plot doesn't fucking matter, bro. <laughs> right. They it do. is it is one of the least consequential plots because all you need to know is there is there is a nuke in the open, in right. the wind, and that's pretty much it. And I love that the motivation is like, oh, it's not money, it's not anything. It's just like, no, I just like 100% believe this shit. <laughs> right. My name is Michael Nyquist and I'm fucking crazy. Right. <laughs> like, that's yeah. what I, I mean, like that's about the, it. That's the simplest thing I get. Ethan's not in the IMF anymore. We don't know why. He gets busted out of prison because, as we see in the opening, another agent, an Ethan stand-in, so to speak, team lead, he gets killed by a woman. You never watched Lost, did you? I know, I didn't. He looked familiar, though. Like That's Sawyer, bro. So it's a weird, like, J.J. connection. Right. Because J.J. didn't direct this one, obviously. At the first... And we, I mean, we could talk about the Brad Bird of it all, like which the, I feel like is a huge part of this. The first glance, the I thought he was uh, a Lannister. No. I just... Uh, first glance again this time I was like that's not oh that's not him but no. just the hair and the way he looked at his face so or like weirdly lost. like an Aaron Eckhart weird weirdly I mean same yeah. tra- trajectory Chin-chin. yeah <laughs> um so IMF team has to bust Ethan out of a deep cover you know op that he's on and we quickly find out that you know there's this crazy dude who's just been doing nuclear research his entire life and he pretty much thinks yeah, no, uh, the only way for humanity and the world to survive is if a nuclear war happens. Like, it's, it's obviously going to be this. Why do we build this technology to blow ourselves up if we're not going to blow ourselves up? You know, were you, were you not on a gay cruise? You know, <laughs> that sort of thing. So he plans to basically get nuclear launch codes and then get access to a nuke. And basically, they got to cut him off at the Kremlin. And... You know, they think they got it. They think they're good. They got to find out his info and all that. And all of a sudden, wait a minute. Somebody's on the comms. Everybody can hear them. Why, it's the bad guy. And he's pretending to be, dun, 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 part of the IMF team. So, shortly, after escaping the Kremlin, what happens? It blows up. Who gets blamed? The IMF. What happens? Well, Tom Wilkinson invokes Ghost Protocol. Right. Well, no, the president did. Tom Wilkinson had to come in person. Tom Wilkinson told him about ghost protocol. (laughs) (laughs) Tom Wilkinson got shot immediately after. No, 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 no. If you notice, Tom Wilkinson gives Ethan the mission of what he needs to do. And five seconds later, he gets shot. It's a nice touch. Mm -hmm. Nice touch. So, essentially... That's Brad Bird, dude. Yeah. just that is essentially this one is like, hey, there's nobody here. No, this guy is not. It, this is the first film where the bad guy has no affiliation whatsoever to the IMF. He wasn't a former agent. He wasn't a a, a a field agent. He hasn't gone rogue. It's just a dude, like you said. I fucking love nukes. I gotta set one off. I gotta let's let's go. <laughs> yeah, right. And so basically, with the IMF being completely disavowed. 
it's up to Ethan, Benji, Brant, and I cannot remember the uh, Paula Patton's name. Um, I'm on it. Basically, <laughs> I'm on the case. <laughs> basically, it's left to these four agents. I accept this mission. And <laughs> it's these four agents and whatever they've got in their little uh, hideout train cargo thing. And they've got to pull off this massive mission where they like they get they get her name is Jane. Jane. OK, we only get first names here on right. IMDb for some reason. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if they would have ever said her last name. I don't know Benji's last name. They just call him Benji. Oh, but, he has a name. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like Ethan Hunt. Luther Stickle and then who? Like who else has a second name? Um, so yeah, so basically it's basically the rest of this movie is like can the four of these two with like limited to no like support Benji just by their Dunn. Done. Okay, that makes sense. Like <laughs> not memorable at all. No. Yeah. I Go don't ahead. Know. But like can these four pull this whole mission off without like everything at their disposal like it has been in the past like can they just can they pull it all together and i just i think that that goes back to the design and like how this thing came about because when renner signed on after he said yeah sure i'll do it they flat out brad Burton told him look that's great we don't really have a script we don't really have anything for you to do the script really did not have the whole brand was taking care of like Ethan's because the original script was Ethan's Ethan's wife is dead, but the fellow who's been directing the last few, he does not have a writing credit on this movie, but he did punch ups on this and said, no, she's still alive. No brand's going to be responsible. I mean, literally the way this ends and I had kind of forgotten about it until going back through on this most recent rewatch, it really does help tether Three, four, five, six, and I'm and presumably now seven again is going to to loop back. We talked about this on our previous mm-hmm. episode, but you got Kittredge back in the mix. You got William Donlow back in the mix. So if you're looping back to include one, I feel like again these are gonna feel oddly at the end of the day way more of like one big story, which is kind of weird that we didn't. You know, you didn't see it coming, but it's like the syndicate is set up at the end of this. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, that is the villain, essentially, of the last two movies. Yeah. The big bad, the specter of this universe. And the syndicate, again, okay. And I I think for for that, you know, it's obviously not as theatrical as Bond. You're not getting those sort of villains. But also, Bond has kind of shied away from those sort of villains in the last, like several of the Craig movies in general, but uh, yeah, it's a nice touch. Sorry. What were you going to say? Well, no, I was going to say it just uh, one, I think quagmire that like uh, quag choir, McQuire, quite not. I say quag McQuire, whoever the Christopher McQuarrie, McQuarrie, McQuarrie. I I see a cue. I get the McQuarrie him again. He ultimately didn't take a writing credit on it, but I still see some things where his name is mentioned. You're right. That he does come in and basically kind of salvage the role of Brandt, give some more things, things like, and he's directed everyone ever since. He's going to direct the next two. So I don't know how much that played into it. I don't know if they were like, "Hey, man, we we saw what you did there. We really liked that you wrote this. Would you like to direct this next one? We're going to do Rogue Nation because that was originally what this one was going to be called was Rogue Nation, but they decided to scrap it. 
The other thing I was going to say. Literally, you could. You could switch. Uh, people to have. Made, well, no, I was going to say people have already said this. This is not a new thought, but the subtitles of all of them, the last three, you could just literally reshuffle them in any order. It doesn't right. matter. It does not matter. No, it doesn't. And that's the beautiful thing about it because each one of them, name or whatever, they all stand on their own. And that's the thing that I think that I've read that you remember them by their set pieces. Unlike, uh, I would say a Bond movie where maybe, yeah, you more base it around like, oh, who was the villain in that one? Right. Or, you know, what was the big location maybe? Yeah. But yeah, whenever I think of like, whenever I need a reference point, it's like, wait, okay, yeah, they did. Burj Khalifa is four. Um, most badass, like, motorcycle chase in any of the movies is in five. Yeah. Six is helicopters. And Henry Cavill. <laughs> yeah. Five is on the side of a plane in the opening. That's what five is. Or yeah. Rogue Nation. Yeah. But yeah, so anyways. We'll, we'll get know, to those. But the thing is, is like you're talking about like so the syndicate. That's yes. a direct thing to the television show. It was this Oh, I didn't know that. Right. Okay. Okay. The use of the um the video screen in the Kremlin, that goes back to a specific episode in the original series, The Falcon, part three. Okay. So all I'm saying is like this is a treasure trove of like slowly going back to like parts of mission. It's it's almost this as if all, like this is all making me very happy and like maybe because I had this big question mark where I was like I, I'm coming off at three and I fucking love three so much. It's mm-hmm. just it's just special, dude. I don't know. But pull a part of three that connects back to the original source material. I'll wait. Oh no, I'm, I'm not. What isn't even saying on that level? I'm just saying. But you're telling me all of this, and again, in, re- in re-watching it, I was like, this movie just fucking, it moves, it's got a great energy to it, it's mm-hmm. fun, you don't get too bogged down in, in mm-hmm. the plot mechanics at all, and yeah, it just, I don't know, dude, it's it's a banger, it's definitely, it's up there, mm-hmm. it's up there, but but I love Rogue Nation so dude, much, yeah. when I went it through this most recent time, I thought maybe that's the one, Yeah, I love that we're having trouble picking, okay. Yeah. So, but so, d- yeah, but so the, yes. there's, there's so many like, I'm not. I don't want to say they're fans of the show. They like, I don't know if you want to call like people who wrote and made these all things like, oh, these are fans of the original source material that are putting their own things in, and maybe the people who were in charge at Paramount were just kind of like, yeah, we have this, but we're not doing any input. But like, there's more callbacks to the original source material in this movie than I've seen in doing research for the other ones. But again, you couple that with like. Again, you said the plot doesn't matter. Plot doesn't matter because from the outset, they knew they wanted to do this, but they didn't really necessarily know what it was going to be. It has a feeling of being kind of like made up on the fly. Right. And it works like, perfectly. Because it has you've the been feeling new- of like, uh, where could we go that we haven't been? Tallest building, building in the world? Yeah. You want to do the tallest building in the world? Yeah. Yeah. What can we do with that? Well, obviously, I got, I got to like, I gotta, run, climb I gotta climb it or run up and down. I don't know. Maybe all of it. Maybe yeah. Yeah. And the thing I love is that, like you know, they say that they you know he wanted to do the stunts. And mainly, it was allow it would to it would be to allow Brad Bird to like pick his angle so that he could have a better thing to work with, and he wouldn't have to cut around them being a stunt double. It, it is again as much as I like the way JJ shoots action. It is very much like he has kind of a style of his own established at this point. Um. You, 
it's like night and day just in terms of the way that the set pieces are communicated in mm-hmm. this movie and the pace of things and the the grandeur of shots where it's like no i want you to see you're finally starting to move into again more of like the john wick school of movie making thinking mm-hmm. which is like if we're gonna stage these incredible stunts let's also shoot them in a way where you can appreciate the work that's being done right instead of like you know because you'll hear stuntmen for years talk about like oh yeah i did like my best thing and then the editor or the director was like oh yeah but the angle i want is like here here and here and it's like well you didn't fuck like you missed it you missed the the whole right. the, the cool thing man you mm-hmm. did my best shit yeah so and that that's allegedly... the thing that is definitely taken to a new level yeah be, because uh, you know as i've read um the only way for crews to have had a problem with all of the harnesses and everything he was in, you would have to crash a plane into the side of the building to get him to fall out of that thing. Like he mm-hmm. wasn't going anywhere. Oh yeah. Obviously. Brilliant. Like, you know, because you know, some people think, I mean, I've read some people, I remember talking to people like, Oh, I bet they like, just like did it on a sound stage, and they just like edited out the background. And I'm like, no, that's that you can't, that's that building. They, they're going to pay all the money to recreate that build. Like they're going to build a section. No, they're not going to do that. They're going to go to that building. They're going to cut out glass. They're going to go and sit them up on the side of the building with a bunch of harnesses. And they're going to just pay kids, you know, whatever they pay them an hour to fucking scrub it out of there. So you can't see it. Right. Frame by frame. I mean, exactly. That's, yeah. How do you, what do you not know how they make movies now? That's like, the cheaper on. version. For exactly. Sure. You know, Yeah. everybody, you, you make, you spend less and you make more. And you get to employ different movie houses, well, especially, so you, so you got a lot of jobs. That's also the benefit of being Tom Cruise, because I'm sure you can go to Dubai and be like, hey, I want to do this thing. And they're like, we'll pay you to do it. Yeah. And he's like, Would you oh, like, okay, that's nice. Would you like a room while you're here? <laughs> yeah. Do you know that, like, literally up to, like, a couple days before shooting, supposedly, um, Springsteen's reps were like, you can't use that shirt. So he was like, what? Picks up the phone and calls Springsteen and... Like 20 minutes later, he's like, we're using the shirt. Don't worry. <laughs> Click, you know, because his represent. And I was like, dude, like, I wonder if Springsteen turned to his reps. And like, you guys are all fucking fired. You realize that, right? Like you told my buddy, Tom, my old neighbor, he can't wear my fucking shirt in a movie of his. What are you crazy? <laughs> you, you're gone and you're gone. You know, take your ass down Thunder Road and get out of here. Oh, you know, that's great. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you want to present your your whole grand theory do you want to talk set pieces do you want to do gadgets what do you want to do my grand theory oh did you that was kind of it no, was the connection yeah, it's, to... it, it's it's connecting it back to like the series itself it also its production is mirrored the the plot line is yes, mirrored in the production it, of just being like yeah. fly by the seat of your pants I know they had an outline I know that what they were doing but it just feels like anybody who could have come and been like well why don't we do this and they would have been like Simon, that's a great idea. Yeah, he doesn't do this. He does that. Okay, great. You know? I think all, like, okay, we'll, I, we'll get into this as we get into the set pieces, but but there's a clear victor, I think, so maybe we save that. Let's talk gadgets. Mm-hmm. Because you talked about that Kremlin sequence. My number one contender, and then there's, we should maybe mention some of the other ones, because I love the time, I love the specificity of the gadgets in this one mm-hmm. and the running gag also of most of them malfunctioning yeah. constantly. There's the phone booth one earlier where it 
doesn't quite work. The detonation doesn't work. Um, they have the uh, the room number changer. Yeah. One of the most oddly specific. I'm like, would you ever use this on any other kind of signage? Like, ha- yeah. I, I, I guess it works on different surfaces, but it seems like it's just designed to do that one specific mm-hmm. job. And you pulled that. Um, you pulled that out of that train because you could only take what you could care, what you absolutely needed. Yes, and that was I do that love picked. that. Only take what you absolutely need. Right. Uh, the gloves, of course, yeah. the malfunctioning gloves, which seem like a great concept. But also, I love that. Okay, so I threw on the Burj Khalifa sequence earlier today, completely out of context. And Veronica's watching it, and she, like, again, is complaining that, like, didn't you just watch these, like, two months ago? I'm like, yes, but I'm just, you know, it's just a refresher. It's just a light refresher or whatever. But even in just like the five, six minutes that she's watching, she got wrapped up in it because uh-huh. when he almost doesn't make it, she's like, <gasps> and I'm like, you don't even like Tom Cruise <laughs> and you're invested and you've been watching this for like three minutes. That's how good these movies are. Right. Okay. So, okay. The gloves, but my, my favorite and I want, so that's from the original, the, the video screen that's thing a, they that's do a with the to an, an episode in 1967, I believe it's called the Falcon part three, but there is a the similar gadget that's used to like fake a hallway, to fake, to fake project, like fake project something to somebody else to allow people to move behind it kind of thing. That was just, I mean, yeah. Everything about that, I think, is super fucking cool. And they built in a comedic gag oh, with, like, Benji's face in it. Like, it's just, again, these situational specific ones where you're just like, how, did, like, what's the scenario? Like, we've never, we never see the cue, if you will, the person mm-hmm. who's building all this shit. They right. just have this shit, which I kind of like that they right. don't like. We're like, we're not going to do the Bond thing, whatever. I like that it's just, they usually reveal the gadgets to you, like, through the action. They don't right. even explain, oh, this is what this does. They just show you the thing. But, like, let's just think this through for a second. So, like, the situational specificity of these, is it like, oh, somebody was on an assignment, and they were like, oh, this really fucked me up. Like, oh, I wish I had. <laughs> right. Wish I could have faked a camera in this hallway. Or uh, I had to get from one I, door I to, to another door. And yeah, I had to change to the me. hotel room numbers. Right. But I didn't know how to do it. I was scraping with a file. Like, I had to get a Phillips head say. and like, like, unscrew one to another. Like, what am I or doing? Or are they just dreaming up scenarios in advance where it's like anything our agents may encounter? <laughs> I want right. you to have a gadget designed. Right. And I picture like, you know, all these pockets of just, you know. Oh, number thirty-one for the situation where I need to get out of the airplane bathroom. I don't right, know. Yeah, <laughs> fucking yeah. Anyways, uh, but my pick is the the Kremlin video screen thing. I yeah. think that shit was cool as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, One of the first, and the face maker notably does not work in this movie, except for the villain. Right, but when they're trying to use it, right, it and they need down. it, yeah, it fucks up because everything fucks up. In this yeah. Movie. Uh, so yeah, it's the first I mean, time I think where the face maker does not take it. No, which means me believe like, how did this guy have a face maker, so to speak, or a mask, so to speak? Are they just like, is there a company that makes them and they don't like black market, bro? Oh, so like other rogue IMF agents who may have stolen. Dude, gear. there's all how many rogue, how many, yeah, how many rogue agents? Well, it is, okay, they're they're always disavowed. disappearing with assets and they're shit. They're disavowed. And, so like, 
they probably had a fire sale to get rid of all the shit. I mean, they got to recoup some of the losses somehow. Yeah, they're probably selling out their like storage yeah, lockers. He probably, and yeah, stuff. he picked them up on the black market. I'm sure, or it's just a Russian version of it. Yeah, you know? that would be great if there was like yeah a, a knockoff face maker yeah. that like doesn't work as well or something. Or it just makes you in the look next movie two times terrible because you're like it's like yeah. blo- it looks like Tom Cruise from the first it, from one the but first, that blotchy exactly terrible skin. I was about to say. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, dude, I hope they resurrect the senator character for Dead Reckoning. Oh, that'd be great. For some reason, he has to. It has to, op- that he guy. has to open. What, with Twenty that? years later, open with that dude. How would that guy still be alive? <laughs> He wasn't that old. He'd be like, they're like throwing him a going he away party. He looked like fucking Strom Thurmond. Yeah, Like already, dude, in the 90s. Yeah, like, that's true. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. In universe, they could explain it. Of course. Just make him a different son. Make him that guy's brother. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's like Ross Perot and, and Strom Thurmond rolled into one. Yes. Um. Yeah. I mean, I I like that. But the. To me, it, it to me it is the glove because like that's the coolest shit ever. Like I can, but just, it doesn't work. It, one one of them does, and that's the that's the beauty it of it. Still Everything fucks up by the time he gets to the top. Exactly, dude. that's the beauty. Those of Those things it. weren't reliable for like. Neither was the board thing. It fucked them over at the end. They had to. I do like all of the men just kind of like looking around, like what what are we? And finally, they just move it aside. They're like, oh, this is fake. Let's go. <laughs> They're watching it as like it's jumping all around. They're like, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, um, which apparently there was like they did reshoots to where like Benji and the other guy almost come face to face through the screen. And it was like Tom Cruise is like, you need to focus in on that, like the tension. And at the end, Brad Bird had to cut it because he was like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, it's there's too, no way they would get that too, close and not great. know right. that there was somebody on the other side. Just barometric pressure to being able to just smell like you're going to know somebody's right behind. Right. There, right. Um. Okay, so but yeah, I like, I like the gloves just because if they work properly, pretty fucking cool concept, yeah, you yeah. know. And I mean, again, why wouldn't you have like again? Is Ethan gonna go back when the IMF gets reinstated and said, "Guys, the gloves worked. They were shit, but they worked. Can you make me some slippers? Can you make me some knee pads that do the same thing <laughs> that help me stick? You know, yeah. Like I think of like old school cat burglars with like suction cups on their like right. on their I'm arms like... and stuff like that, like trying to crawl. What what is? There's a John Candy movie where he's in. He does something like that to that extent. I just always think of Hudson Hawk when I that think yes of that suction yeah. cups yeah in general. Okay, uh, I feel like that's a good point to transition. Yeah, yeah. There's a clear victor, so let's just. Let's put up the runners up, okay? For 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 our sterling set pieces, what do you got? The sandstorm chase. Okay. We got the opening kick in the head sequence. Yeah. Uh, pretty fun. Pretty fun. We've got the finale, which I kind of I love the move. In the last couple, I'm trying to remember the, like, ultimate climax, climax of Rogue Nation. I feel like this stands up as well. But the movies, like, they kind of hit one to two, like, big spectacle set pieces in the middle chunk. But I like that the the finales tend to get a little smaller. Right. And I feel like that's a trend carried over from uh, three as well, where we said that was kind of a... A little bit of what lets you down there is it feels a little anticlimactic with the way things with Davian play out. But mm-hmm. uh, I like that this one 
it's still it's got the like everybody's doing their part kind of thing mm-hmm. but it does kind of when when you boil it down to like oh he's chasing after a suitcase in a car park right. it's like that's not exactly where you expect to be at the end of right this movie but it works yeah it's super intense uh but the Burj Khalifa sequence like a new I mean it was I feel like I knew about the set piece before I saw the movie and I missed the movie in theaters but like I knew that he had done this because I mean, it was all I've talked a big to, enough story all I've talked to anybody about is like uh do you know fucking Tom Cruise threw himself off a cliff on a bike six times for you in a movie that you haven't seen yet that's all I've been telling people I love that video and what like I'm what times. I'm hoping is there is another even better sequence that well, no you know, one that they, they've not shown anybody. You know there is because they're yeah yeah they're shoving that one down your throat. So mm-hmm. yeah yeah. No. There's definitely going to be some stuff that tops it. Well, no, I just like because I'm thinking like I mean going back to like 2006 with like Casino Royale. I remember thinking like wow all the shit I've seen in this trailer. Happens, happens in, in this the first, this like, forty five minutes. Not, not even like first ten minutes of this movie is the trailer I've seen. Mm. Where am I going to go from here? Right. And like, it wasn't necessarily high stakes, but it wasn't low. The tension with the card game and all that was there, you know. But you still had a whole back half that I was like, okay, this is like it's not the trailer as much, but it's entertaining. Yeah. Same thing with these. Like you said, they they get you with like. Here's this thing. Here's that spectacle. Here's this. Here's that. And then it's like, okay, well now you know we've kind of had a big thing. It's we're gonna kind of mute it. It's almost as if like every one of them watched Desperado and they were like, well yeah, of course Rodriguez doesn't have a third giant shootout. He just fades to black, and you know the hero lives. You know, <laughs> did Robert run out of money? No, he just wanted to. He didn't want to do another action sequence that was the same as the other two, essentially. He wanted it to just be different. You don't see that in a summer blockbuster. Yeah, maybe we should we should do that. So they, they dumb it down a little bit. And they're like, you know, it is high stakes. But it's one of those, like, this is going to sound like a terrible reference. But, like, in Men in Black, when Tommy Lee Jones is like, there's always something doing something, threatening them, whatever, whatever. The reason why this world keeps moving and these miserable son of a bitches don't know about it is because, you know, don't care is because they don't know about it. Like there's right. always, and that's the thing is like, I feel like in James Bond, maybe after this, maybe before it, I don't know if it was so much in Quantum of Solace, but definitely in, Spe- in um, Skyfall the next year in 2012, there is that whole like, you need a guy like me. You need a guy on the ground who can do the shit. And maybe I don't think this is necessarily being like, oh, you need Ethan to be the guy to do this yet. But you're definitely throwing in there. It's like, if we didn't have the IMF, look where we'd be. Yes, we disavowed all of them, but they're so good at what they do. They were able to like unframe us from this job and stop the bad guy and prove to the world that like we're needed. And also, you know, by the way, there's this, group of people the syndicate that you know this guy may or may not have been attached to that we ought to be checking out so it's like i don't know i've always felt like mission impossible it's always been more team-based i remember when we were kids especially me and my friends at school we would always compare like well who's the better secret agent it's a james bonner's ethan hunt who's better and i'm in my head i was always like one they're two different people they don't even compare one's you know like ethan is only as good as his team is he can only rely on himself so much. It's not to say he couldn't do what James Bond does, 
but he may not necessarily be working with, if he was working with a team of James Bond, then yeah, sure. But like Ethan is only as good as the next man on his team and what they're going to do. And so I do like that there are different times in here where it's like shit fucks up. We got to scramble on the fly. We got to get it done. And they still managed to, to pull it off. But there's at least with the first go round and even in second go rounds, you know, cause like, I don't think she saw it, but you just said like Veronica had a reaction to something that you've already watched two months ago. Right. It's like, Oh shit. Same thing. I watched it the other day. I was like, Oh fuck. You know, I know, I, I know there's two of the movies, but when that, glove doesn't work and he falls it still gets you because like the tension is there when you're watching it and they don't like they don't get by effortlessly there still is like it's always by the seat of their pants particularly in the fourth one which is a lot of what i appreciate about it um so yeah the burj khalifa sequence definitely takes the cake too when he comes like it's all it's just the balance of comedy the scope of it like the actual stunt work the visuals and then the ticking clock of Renner, like, you know, 20 22 minutes, minutes to door, door knock. The countdown is not helping. And when he comes back and he's like, uh, ropes, ropes too short. No, no shit. shit. One of the best line deliveries like ever. That's my Humpty Dumpty moment of yeah. this movie where it's just, it almost feels like he's breaking character. And you're just like, in my okay. head, when Simon Pick comes back in, he didn't say, what did I miss? In my head, I kept wanting to be like, what are you guys doing just sitting here? You know, like something like that. Like just something right. like. I still um, think it, I still think it plays, but that is yeah. crazy. He's like, that Whew. was difficult. <laughs> but I got it done. <laughs> yeah. Like, you literally outside using this like. Automated. Like, automated a hole punch, yes. like engraver deal. Like, yeah. come on, man. Oh, man. Yeah. And then they go into the, wait, wait. I mean, we didn't even men- mention uh, Leah Seydoux as uh, another you know, Bond crossover right there. Yeah. Spectre and uh, No Time to Die. Uh, but her getting kicked out of the window by Paula Patton is yeah. a great, like, oh, didn't expect that. <laughs> Whoops. That was oh, funny. yeah, that window is open. Shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they did uh, cut that glass. <laughs> yeah. That was, that's that's a great, you know, shock laugh moment. Uh, but it's a great time to transition into, as you said, this is, it's kind of doubling down on the, the previous one had a good team set up. Mm-hmm. Benji wasn't in the field with him. Right. But we talked about how much we enjoyed Jonathan Reese Myers, Luther, obviously, who's been our winner for most of them uh, prior. And uh, the, uh, is it Maggie Q? Yeah. Yeah. I just watched Fantasy Island with her in it. Oh, and uh, Pena? I didn't yeah. see that. How was it? Was it okay? Right. I right. wouldn't have spent a movie ticket on it, but I'm glad I You're watched not, it. Okay. Fair enough. But we talked about how much we enjoyed them, but at the same time, that was such an Ethan centric movie because of the stakes of like, that's my wife. Like I got, you know, I'm trying to save my wife essentially at the end of it. So you can't, you know, all the team aspect does take a little bit of a backseat to that. This one, when you've kind of freed him up from that. Yeah. Cause he gets roped back into it. Yeah. Well, we come to find out he was positioned there in jail for the, like the long deep cover was part of this kind of right. It was it like was part tied of in at the end. Yeah, it's tied in that like when he found out there was like a hit on his wife. Right. They faked and the whole thing whole, with Brand. The whole and thing he with Brand is he thinks uh, he thinks oh the reason I'm a desk jockey now like the reason I moved, it got out of the field is because I fucked up this assignment and I got somebody killed. Little does he know, he didn't actually get her killed. It was you know they were setting it up so that she could basically go witness protection and you 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 see how that oddly mirrors mission impossible right 
He's on a mission. No, no. He's on a mission as an IMF. Right. Member of his team gets killed. Mm -hmm. People get killed. Or he thinks so. Like Ethan and his, you know, his wife gets killed. But it was really all just a smokescreen mission to like flush out somebody. Right. Maybe not necessarily like an case, IMF right. informant, but, in but like case, this one, it's like yeah, okay. to flush it, it's flush it out. So like you owe him that. that. You owe him that. That's a nice little that. echo of the yeah. first one. You know, yeah. it's, so again, it's, we got to get some love for on... two in here somehow. I don't know how to do it. I don't, I don't know how to do it. I think it's just so God to bring back Dukes. Dukes, yeah. If Duke, I mean... Dukes is back from the dead. He's the secret villain of Dead Reckoning Part 2. Yeah. It all comes full circle. Yeah. Or it's Dukes' brother. Fugues. <laughs> Fugues. Fugues. Scott. Yes. Yeah, it's his brother. Okay. Yeah. So we got it. But, okay, we saved the segment for last, particularly for this movie, because what I do like is, yeah, by the time we get to the end of this, it's like, oh, shit, dude. Like. We all just went through some shit together. Like, yeah, we got a team here. Luther's here. Like, they were like, "Well, forget about Ving Rhames." Like, <laughs> he's got to be in every movie, just, obviously. Yeah. Let's get him in here. But I think this is the first time, obviously, where it's not going to go to Luther. So, who is our top teammate? I'm going to go Benji. Okay. Why? <laughs> All that hard work you put into that hallway sequence. It's his, first, it's his first time in the field. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he manages just the same with like when he ha- when they have to double each other. Like, you know, he's Jane. He's is doing a, all the work in the background. He's got that fake arm. He is doing you know, He's moving the, he's, you know, he's the glue, man. He's yeah. no longer the guy in the van. I mean, he says, Benji, how exactly are you here? Oh, I passed the field exam. <laughs> he's kind of, I mean, he is kind of doing the work of, uh, you know, Luther and himself mm-hmm. in one one person. Yeah, because he's like, I can get it, I can hack into it, but I, I got to be in the room. And yeah. it's like I'm just standing. Like he looks at him, he's like, Oh, I'm on the computer. And they look at Brandon, he's like, I'm I'm just I'm just here. Like yeah. I, I can't I can't go out there. Jane <laughs> is a little bit of a liability because she's got emotions at stake. Right. But guess who had emotions at stake in the previous movie? And we let that go. So. Yeah. Um. And then Brandt, I mean, he gets to have his, uh, he gets to have his <gasps> moment where yeah. he, uh, you know, dangles mm-hmm. over the ho- the uh, reverse magnets. Right. I do love that. Uh, we forgot that's that, that was a good gadget too. I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I guess I go Benji too. It's his first time in the field. Mm-hmm. He quits himself quite nicely. Yeah. He manages not to get a bomb strapped to his chest. Right. Well, wait a minute for that to happen. Uh, but yeah, we'll go Benji for the, for this time. Yeah. Okay. Benji Dunn. Yeah. Is our top team member. But yeah, he's the glue. Like like you said, he's doing the the tiny the detail work in between. Right. Kind of where I feel like who did we give it to last episode? Because I feel like Maggie Q was doing a lot of background shit. That you weren't necessarily paying attention to, because remember Benji's not really at play until the very back half. Yeah, because he calls him in. To but like I don't remember him. if we gave it to Luther again or not. I Luther feel like definitely got it for the first two, kind of we... by default for the second one because right. it's not really a team movie at all. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, I guess we'll have more of a debate 
about this as well when we get into five because it's like Rebecca Ferguson is she is she part of the team or right. is she is she not I don't know oh I love their dynamic man I'm gonna rewatch those I'm yeah, gonna rewatch those before to. we record yeah. with uh we're finally going to get Mr. Brendan Riley on a future episode did we hit all the segments gadget you went gloves I went the screen thingy yeah very cool Set piece, uh, we both agree. Set piece, got to be Burj Khalifa, yeah. 110%. Uh, what are the other segments? If I... I said the you know the the chase and the sandstorm. We said the open. Oh, no, 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 no. What are the other segments? Oh, oh, oh. Um, Did we hit, I'm making sure we hit everything. We're trying to Best teammate. We hit our teammate. Um, Is that all we do? Maybe. I mean, we could talk about the villain for a little bit, but I mean, we kind of basically said like he is a no, he is a no name throwaway, which I appreciate. I also appreciate the oh, idea yeah, that he's we not do, part of a. We usually do reserve, uh, yeah, yeah, but it's like he's. I appreciate Felonious that like Felonious foes. Yeah, I don't know, I'm trying. I'm trying here, baby. I don't know. It's like he's not. I I do appreciate he's not part of the IMF. And like you said up top, like he just like that dude loves nukes. Like he's just all about some nuclear weapons, you know. I mean, if you want like real good like scene chewy Nyquist, go back to the first John Wick. He's yeah. so good in that movie. Uh yeah. But it's not like I'm like, oh, they don't give him anything to do here. It's just like he's he's kind of an afterthought and I'm fine with that. Because mm-hmm. it's a team movie. I don't need I just need the stakes. I don't I don't need and, some villain. That's, and, and over that's what I'm going to say is like, I feel like I was thinking about this the other day. I feel like in 2008, there's a paradigm shift in villainy. And I don't think this movie falls prey to that. And that's what I appreciate about it. You know what I mean? I mean, it is technically like a watch the world burn kind of villain, but, but it's not, but, but it's only not in like concept a, and it doesn't beat you over the head with it. And he, it does the it, character's not and overdone it, in that, that way. I don't appreciate like the next guy they come up with where it's like, Oh, he planned to get you in this room so he could drop out and you could get knocked out and all. Like he planned to be ca- like he planned to be caught. That sentence in the, in the dark. No, I, night, agree, I agree with you. Yeah, he planned everything. on this. It ruined everything because at but that again, point you went back. That, to, oh well, again dang, he's a that smart whole sequence. Villain, and I didn't. I didn't. I, I don't think I hammered it home quite the way I wanted to. But like that whole midsection sequence again to me is just a blown out version. I don't mean this as an insult. It's like one of the best sequences in the history of film. Definitely in modern cinema. It's like that, that like, I think it's like a 25 to 30 minute stretch right in the middle uh, of dark Knight. It's just, it's just impeccable. But to me, it is a blown out version of it's the bridge sequence in MI three. It's the moment where everything flips where it's like, Oh shit. Davian has like an extraction crew ready to go. Right. He's flying off. He's in the wind. He's waving to me. And basically the last thing he said to me was like, you have a wife. Yeah. That's what you care about. I'm fine. I hurt him. And, and you're like, you. you're like, that dude's in the wind right now. Right. Like, and you're being taken in. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, what arms, you're what arms dealer do you know that like has roles like that? Yeah. You I'm know? like that again, that sequence to me is like that. That's like a prototype for the Joker. The guy who was just like, Oh fuck! I fucked up. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, I underestimated this person. Big exactly. Time. I uh, I big timed him in the. It's the same like the the jail interrogation scene in Dark Knight is Tom Cruise flipping PSH like out of the plane. Yeah, like it's the same shit. 
Yeah. I'll just say it. I, I just forgot to draw these parallels last episode. No, no, no. Sorry. I get no, I it. It, it makes sense because, like I said, like the, this one does not fall prey to that. And, like, it's like this and that. He, it's Basically, it's like you see through clips and video what he's talking about. And you realize that in the position he was in, given to be the one that had to think about this stuff all the time, his natural progression is going to be this thing blows us up. Look at all the other shit that's happening in the world. Heat wave is global warming's happening. Food shortages are happening. People are killing each other. How's this planet? How's humanity going to survive? Well, what if half of them died in a nuclear war? What if we shot one off? Because we know that's what's going to happen. It's automated. Which, speaking of that, I did read an article where the AI that's supposed to try and kill us has basically said, I got to go back to the drawing board. I love that. It was perfect. I'll explain it a bit. But like he's not he's not some like he doesn't have some ethos. It's almost as if like you would think that people from the syndicate would be coming after him too, because they'd be like, Whoa, dude, you've gone too far. Like, we want to run shit, but we don't want to run like war torn radioactive shit. We like the world as it is. Right. But you just want to watch it burn, but you're not gonna tell us you wanna watch it burn. You honestly think what you're doing is right. Whereas like the Joker he just like had like if we're going that comparison that's just a i'm doing this just because you are and if you stop i'll stop this guy's not going to stop until someone puts him down right and that goes back to the whole proving that you need guys like well, ethan and the team to be there and the, the to com- keep people safe the commitment to the bit where it's like no you you're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna have like a fight scene with you and michael nyquist or anything like that and it's like this dude is so committed to the bit He's going to fucking kill himself. Right. Just to like get the case away from you at the end. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And just, I mean, again, Brad Bird, chef's kiss with the like just slightly grazing the top of the building mm-hmm. as the nuke goes in the water. That's just, that's just good shit, dude. Yeah. That's just, yeah. Um, And again, doesn't it? It doesn't work initially, right? Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. God, he has to do it like two or three times. Right. Yeah. Uh, great stuff, man. Uh, yeah. Technology. Just again, the, if the allegory is technology will always fail you, but if you are confident, if you're and strong, Ethan Hunt and you have enough you, determination, you have, you'll yeah, make it happen. <laughs> good old fashioned American willpower will get things done. Absolutely. Even when technology fails you in your in your worst moments. Yes. Is uh, the ethos of this movie? Ghost Pro. Yeah. All right. Well. I think we've done it. I think we can officially say. So, question. Well, How many? well we can't. <laughs> What's the question? Wilkinson is the secretary. Captain the Not head. anymore. Not yet, no. But like, okay. So we are on. And we then have had uh, Mr. Jean Voigt. We have had. Jean Voigt wasn't the secretary. Who? He was the top dog. Though. No, like, Cersei was. Henry Cersei was. He's Zerny. Zerny. Cersei. Kittredge. Cersei. Kittredge was is the secretary. Kittredge. Anthony Hopkins. Yes. (laughs) Secretary. Lawrence Fishburne. Secretary. Tom Wilkinson. Tom Wilkinson. Do you think we got to rank the secretaries, but we can't do it until after fall? No, 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 no. What? Lawrence Fishburne isn't the secretary. He's the he's whatever that's trying to like. Stop the IMF, right? He's just, they're all the authority figure. Right. I don't know what their actual position is. But they don't actually have a secretary in the third one. They don't show you one. The closest thing is Billy Crudup, who answers to the secretary. Are they the anal antagonist? 
Essentially, they're like yeah. anal retentive, like pen pushers. Yeah, they want to. They want to <laughs> shut down the IMF. They want. They want IMF's resources. All these fun gadgets. They want them at the CIA. The CIA can't get them. The same thing with Angela Bassett. Yeah, they Bal- want all Bal- the IMF's fun Baldwin toys. Baldwin is CIA and then flips. Right. Right. Baldwin yeah. in the next one. Baldwin thinks you're full of shit and you don't deserve to be here. But then he flips by the end of it because he realizes you need the IMF. Dude, the ending of five is so good. Yeah, one of the best uses of the uh, the face maker. Can't wait to talk about it. Mm. Gonna rewatch Rogue Nation. Might be the best of the franchise. I don't know, but for now, what was the question? Sorry, I was supposed to answer. No, oh, what was I? What did I ask? <laughs> so we're on like our fifth secretary now. Sure. No, it just because like it's Tom Wilkinson, but he's dead. I know, but we we like Tom Wilkinson. We love Tom Wilkinson. Yeah, so, we stand a legend. So you in watch the bedroom, it. Michael Clayton. Yeah. Two retro view classics. So, how do you one of our that? patron saints, you along with Bob Hoskins? Well, you didn't. What? You didn't what? mention him. Two you great Brits that taste great together. You didn't mention him <laughs> at all. You're just like he ain't no more. I'm like, how are you feeling when you see this? Yeah. Knowing that again, knowing now that it's you know mission's going to self destruct and message will self destruct. He's dead in five seconds. How are you feeling watching this the first time? You're like, oh shit, Wilkinson's the secretary. Word. And then like oh it, it bummed me the fuck out it bummed me the fuck out again when I was rewatching it because I was like oh yeah and this is it <laughs> this is the yeah. only scene I was like right. motherfucker yeah yeah uh, he's great dude Put him and in I more guess stuff. If they get it, like those Russian officers just get a pass because the Kremlin blew up we even talk about the fucking Kremlin blowing up oh dude he's got the whole the guy who's having like a whole separate movie who's tracking him down yeah the inspector and then is like oh you're all right Ethan Hunt at yeah. the end. Yeah, I forgot about that whole element. Yeah, it's like, okay, so you guys are good. Like, he, your cops off the books, whatever they are, they murdered a U.S. dignitary on foreign (laughs) soil. Granted, that U.S. dignitary was possibly like, it was, you know, in control of the people who were framed for it. We didn't talk about going to get the satellite from uh, the the Tom Cruise of India. Yeah. What is that guy's name? I can't, I I should know his name. Yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah. Did you notice the touch of like when they put a mask on him? It's like the exact same mask for uh, that they put on him in the first one to take him to see Max. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And a, like uh, I read in some of the the trivia that like I guess they had asked Vanessa Redgrave if she wanted to be Max again, but she said something to the effect of like, "Well, the costume designer of that movie never made me any." anything so i'm like i'm not gonna bother with it like no thanks i don't feel like coming back to it or something and i was like okay weird lady all right but it would have been do- like that's the thing like it would have been dope well and they bring back in max's daughter in right all out yeah yeah but it's like it's it's the fun of like you meet valentine and goldeneye and then you see valentine again in world is not enough it's like these secondary characters that you keep coming like, uh, that are in this world that serve a purpose for one reason or another. Like th- that show Don Baker more than once. And obviously I know he Wade, was a villain yeah. as well, but you get Wade more than once, right? You get him in that and then you and get golden eye. And then do you get him in tomorrow? Never die. Yeah. You get him in tomorrow. Never dies because he's like, he calls him to like call in the Navy or whatever, but he does. I don't think he ever see him. You he's, know? Okay. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. It's kind of like you only get Reginald Val Johnson for one scene in die hard too. That's right. Kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, and then they give you like, you know, the weird stand-in. Like, this is your Al Powell for this one. The oh, guy yeah. who works in the airport, and it's like, he's good, but he's no Reginald Val Johnson. Right. It's 
What you should have had is the two of them traveling. Damn it, Steve. <laughs> I was thinking, dude, that Key and Peele sketch is the funniest <laughs> ever. You should have had him like, you should have had him and Al traveling together for the holidays. Dude. That would have been dope. Does he never bring up in three, like, I love black people. <laughs> I had this buddy. I talked to him for a whole night one time. We hang out all the time. Don't, don't judge me by this sign. This is just something I had to do. Well, I love, here's the thing. It's like he went back to New York, you know? Yeah. You'd like to think him and Al, like, you know, yeah. maybe they hung out. Maybe they got the kids together mm-hmm. every once in a while. Yeah. Hanging out in L.A. You know, he's trying to make things work. But in reality, that's probably it. They probably met that night and it was like. Oh, dude, we really shared something. We're brothers. We're brothers in this. That was it. I'm going to call you one time in a couple of years, and I'm never going to fucking speak to you again. I know, dude. <laughs> he calls him up in Die Hard with a Vengeance. He's like, vouch for me with Zeus. <laughs> Tell this guy I don't hate black people. John. Nature you know- boy here. <laughs> John, me, you do know that not all black people know each other, right? <laughs> all right, this is... Uh, this is not die hardening. This die is hardening. the road to reckoning. <laughs> and for this episode, we can officially say mission accomplished. <laughs>